This is Lampshade Media Presents. Sasquatch needs love too. Bianca Moore, welcome to Lampshade Media Presents Sasquatches. Sasquatch is, I, I don't know the plural. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Sasquatches Need Love Too. Hi. Um, Sasquatch Eye, maybe? Sasquatches? Yeah, you know, I should have looked it up probably, but I am an amateur. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm, I, mm, that is, that is a name. That is a name <laughs> that is here and present. That we all have to deal with at this current time. So yeah, that is that is something. That is the uh, that is the new brand. That is the new face of uh, Lampshade Media. I'm uh, very excited about Sasquatches need love too because they do need love too. You know, that is a very strong commitment. Um, yeah, this is what I do. I, I go very very strong right away. You know, and I mm-hmm. uh, don't think uh, you know. I don't really need to waste a lot of time and energy thinking things through. You know, I just need to commit, right? Sure. Do you feel like that's a good idea? I feel like that is an opinion of mine that I have that may hurt you or others. So I'm going to keep it to myself at this time (laughs) and we'll circle back to it. Does that sound good? Good circle back, a good... Touch base. Yeah, that's good. Let's put a pin in it. Let's put a pin in it. I love circle back is my favorite corporate jargon. So. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is a thing. And uh, <laughs> there's like the uh, like the self help and kind of like somehow like blends in with the uh, corporate jargon, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it it's does. it's an awkward marriage there. You say awkward, I say enlightening, you know, yeah. so, you know, it, it could go either way. Are you into the scene of that? I, um, if you mean into the scene that like I you read a lot on Malcolm Gladwell and shit like that. I share inspirational posts on Instagram. Um, if that's into <laughs> the scene, um, little snippets of how to improve your health, well-being, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual occasionally sexual so if that counts as being into the scene that's about as into it as i am and then sometimes putting those things to practice yeah i feel like i a lot of those i get kind of like it just is a little bit trite sometimes or it feels that Mm -hmm. way to me sometimes but then recently i was just dealing with some uh some of my own bullshit and i happened Mm -hmm. on to this uh (laughs) <laughs> this therapist online through a friend posted uh you know reposted something that she had shared and it was like just so like leveling you know and now i'm following this person on facebook and getting their post and like oh my god it's me it's me <laughs> you know and like that's that's what i'm that's my problem or whatever you know but it's <laughs> It's good. It's He's good. talking to me. Exactly <laughs> to me. I mean, I guess it's like the thing is that with people as different as we are, we truly are. So <laughs> it's easy to like um say things that I feel that feel like it should be common sense for everybody and then like 
and then that everyone is feeling um, and it can reach a lot of people and it can be effective, mm-hmm. but also sometimes people don't want to fucking listen. So yeah. um, when I started for the, like this was years ago when I started uh, cognitive behavioral therapy for my depression, I started recognizing this trend that things that sounded incredibly simple to understand and really trite that I just wouldn't listen to all of a sudden became incredibly profound. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. It was like, no, I've been ignoring the significance of this simple idea for so long. I've definitely had moments like that where I've been like, just even looking at something that I shared on Facebook, like maybe like three years ago. And then I look at it now and I'm like, Oh, actually I like, this was really like a really, a post that I didn't know. I didn't understand entirely at the time, Mm. but now I feel like I do. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can kind of in hindsight, see the process you were going through maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. For me, I had a huge life change that I talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look back at posts from like, you know, 10, 12 years ago, and it is just like, oh, God, I hate that mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also have grace for that guy because I was able to, you know, change. So, stepping stones. Sometimes you actually like you sound a bit like a therapist. Actually, <laughs> you is that something that you do? Like you just have a very measured and rational, you know, but positive <laughs> vibe. <laughs> oh, that's! A, I feel like that's such a compliment. That is so not accurate, but it makes me feel nice. Um, it's all an illusion. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it's just, I feel like I have been my, like, in the past, I was definitely my friend's group therapist. I feel like every friend group has one <laughs> yeah. where you are the epicenter to receive everyone's issues and then therefore give feedback on them. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. Are you an empath? I wouldn't say that. I'm no Shane Dawson. Um, I wouldn't say I'm an empath, but, like, <laughs> well, I guess kind of to a point where... Like, I feel like it's more of an understanding than feeling those feelings directly, though. Just like a more relatability than like feeling those feelings. So I have empathy, but I would not consider myself an empath. Yeah. Uh, But I I have stepped out of that role. And I don't know if I did it consciously or if my friends were like, just kind of stopped utilizing me for the therapist. But (laughs) I'm fine with that. Uh so did that they, is something they ever come at you with dating advice? Cause I do tend to ask, uh, comics for dating advice a lot. Yeah. Um, comics are awful and don't deserve love. That's usually my thoughts on comic dating advice. However, <laughs> sometimes we are great with dating advice and you should absolutely ask comics. Um, <laughs> sometimes they're the best place to get dating advice. That's, that's, fucking tight because i've been doing it actually i've had like yeah and and i've had a couple of uh of first dates call into the show now Mm. that 
uh, none of those have ever worked out those relationships, but that's, I don't think that's a bad thing, you know, like it was no. kind of, it was fun. We had fun, uh, you know, doing the bit and they were into that. So that's cool. Cause yeah. anyway, but, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's the comics fault. I feel like, uh, Nick sure. Glasser did the first one and Mark Lucas did the second one. So maybe I should try it with some of the, with some of the female comics on the show. Yeah, maybe that would go better. Especially if they dated any of the men comics, and yeah, and, you know they they know better now. Yeah. So. As an aside, was it was it awkward or bad when I just said female comics? Because I know that's a fucking thing, right? Yeah, I, it's not my favorite thing. I was gonna let it slide. No, um, I, I actually but... like thought about it, and I'd like to just spend about two minutes on it. If you want to go ahead and give me your feelings on that, <laughs> I feel like if we say female, we also have to follow it up with the concept of male. Mm-hmm. Um, just is put it on equal levels. Um, but like if you say female and men, like I just did. Um, when I responded, I did say men. Yeah, uh, but I feel like. Instead of um, male. Yeah. Just to, because female always makes it feel like you're talking about a specimen in the wild and it's yeah. just not. And it's very common where I've seen posts like these females and I'm like, mm, I don't like how you said that, sir. So basically that word can be used as a way to denigrate a, a, a you know, a demographic mm-hmm. or make yeah. it seem less human. Yeah, so um, if I feel like, because like I watch a lot of trash television, um, like a lot um, of MTV's The Challenge, and they're still delineated by like male male challengers and female challengers. And I think if you put it on that even playing field, then it's fine. But if you're like female men, and it's just like, mm, yeah, I don't really, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. It did it, it and it's it's just kind of interesting that it just kind of popped out of me there so i'm glad we could discuss it mm-hmm. oh shit oh, looks like we're getting a phone call hello this is lampshade media presents sasquatches need love too with bianca moore i'm mel you're on the line with bianca moore who who is this hi my name is Rhonda. hi Rhonda. how What's you doing Rhonda? well i have a problem okay and I really like, I don't call into radio shows a lot, but since, you know, this is Sasquatch's need love too. Okay. I'm looking for a Sasquatch and I feel like all of my girlfriends are holding out on me. All right. Um, do they have Sasquatch situations, so to speak, happening, right? Flaunting right in front of you? Or is it just that you think they're tucking them away and just trying to keep you separate from them? I think they're trying to keep me separate from them. I mean, okay, I do. I will admit I have um, what you might call a problematic dating history, but I just think it's because I wasn't with a guy who was strong enough to be with me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you really got to just be able to not put up with my crap because I'm just going to do it either way. And what do you think a Sasquatch can bring to that situation? Well, I mean, I think there's this kind of like earthiness, like from what I understand, these guys are like really just, um, they kind of have this, I don't care what other people think kind of attitude. And then there's Mm -hmm. just this physical strength thing that really turns me on. I mean, I can handle it and everything, but, um, and also they're just not always like in your face. Like from what I understand, they're really pretty, um, 
private, kind of elusive even is the word, but I'm pretty sure that I have at least two friends that are with Sasquatches and they are just like keeping them away from me. I don't know if they think that I'm going to try to steal them, which I mean would be fair because I have stolen other girlfriends, girl, boyfriends before, but I promise those days are behind me unless mm. he's a Sasquatch. Unless he's a Sasquatch, which maybe we should get to the root of that first um, because I feel like we should address the inherent theft that is in your heart because while they might be having sasquatches and might be having these sasquatch situations that's what i like to call them sasquatch situations i feel like it would be more genuine and more established if you went out with maybe binoculars i suggest a walking stick a canister in colorado i hear colorado is a good place so maybe relocating is really the the issue here addressing the thievery and relocation that sounds like so much work like why can't i just let my friends find them for me i'm sure these guys have like brothers right like aren't they they're they're not that rare are they i would say i would say it's probably they're probably pretty rare probably pretty rare and if um honestly do you really want to end up being a sister-in-law to one of your friends i mean you say you're close but do you really want to be that close you know, you raise a very good point. I had not thought mm. about that before. Oh my gosh, mm. that does sound awful. Mm. Yeah, every Thanksgiving they'd be there, and those are usually time you avoid your friends, and then you can't you can't get away from them at that point. So, well, I've just made up my mind that I'm not doing holidays anymore anyway because everybody's so afraid with the COVID and the stuff and the stuff. So that's just um. going to be my excuse from here on out when I don't want to go places. Well, that does open up a couple more doors for you. But I do feel like um, Colorado and a walking stick is um, your best bet. This walking stick, is this the, does the walking stick have any special significance, uh, Bianca, for the situation? It shows that you're not afraid to have support. Oh, And I think deep. that vulnerability is very important. Oh, yeah. Now, are there specific types? Does it need to be like, oak or birch or because i need some help picking one out i don't know like the different types of wood well i know cedar cedar smells good but i as, don't know if i would as... like recognize it mm -hmm. if i was trying to find a, and and i mean is this like a cane that's already finished or do i get just a branch off a tree that fell down i i i'm afraid i'm gonna do it wrong i'm so happy that you asked that question First of all, I would say if when seeking Sasquatch situations, uh, which will be the um, next title of my own personal show, Seeking Sasquatch Situations, <laughs> um, you will have to learn how to identify wood. But to start, but to start, just get like a handcrafted one. I suggest a, a lovely Etsy shop. And then I feel like the learning of the different types of woods can go along the way. It's all about growth. Yeah. I bet I could find something like what I want on like Pinterest and then go over mm. to Etsy and see who that sounds like. Oh, that's so much. That's so much better than what me trying to do at my own. I have another question, though, that's kind of unrelated. I mean, we keep saying Sasquatch. Can't we just call them sassy, though? Because I think that's kind of fun. Mm, sassy. I feel like you have to be more involved with them to start using the term sassy. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's a step. I don't want to, I don't want to like use my privilege here. So I want to make sure, um, want to make sure that we're all, um, closer to Sasquatch situations before we just start using, um, shorthands and 
things because you, you know that's I really their word. This conversation because you are you are bringing up so many points that I really haven't thought about. So, mm-hmm. I mean, how familiar are you with like the struggle of Sasquatch and like what kinds of behaviors do I definitely need to avoid to you know help mm-hmm. them understand that I'm an ally? Yeah. So I'm again so happy you asked this. Um, I was raised um, right across the street. Uh, from a Sasquatch family. Like we didn't really see them all the time. We just kind of assumed that they were there. And I don't I don't really like saying that too often because then people are like, oh, like you're you're so cool. But like I don't want that like type of attention on me. You know, that's not my goal by saying that. Yeah. So I picked up a lot of cultural things from them, um, which I found to be important, not even to understand them better, but to make me a bit of a better person, which is uh, like the growth we touched on earlier, which is really important. Um, first of all, don't comment on the hair situation. Like even if it, it feels like a compliment, it's not a compliment. I always want to touch their hair. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like it feels like a compliment and like it's coming from a good place, but honestly it can come off as insulting and you don't want to have Ooh, that energy. Okay. I don't want to do that. So Mm -hmm. I shouldn't, I mean, even like, okay, I'm so embarrassed to ask this, but I just want to ask this. I mean, do I need to have like cocoa butter or bring like extra conditioner with me? Like, how do I like, they're like, yeah. And I I understand you want to be helpful. You want to be helpful. You want to be a team player. Um, but unless they specifically ask for it or ask for you to seek it, don't don't bring it because you know they usually got it. You know they they know how to take care of themselves, and you don't want to come into a situation being and like like you're a know-it-all. You know, you know. Should I be that. naked too? Because I don't I don't think that they wear like clothes like we do, right? Yeah. Um. What makes you comfortable? You know, if you're comfortable in their space to walk as they roam, then be more than willing to be naked. I mean, my older brother was over there naked all the time, Um, but that wasn't really something that I felt for myself. So, you know, I kept on shorts, though. So, like, really close, but, like, shorts and, like, a, a polite top, that was what was comfortable for me because that's what they want. They want you to be comfortable. Neat, neat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because I, I, you've, you've already brought up a couple of things that I know I would have done absolutely wrong. And then nobody, I mean, I just don't want to end up with having this reputation of being that woman who's like Sasquatch adjacent and always talking about, Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, you know, I just don't want to be that person. That is such a bad look. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't want that for you. That's why I'm, so I'm so glad we had this conversation. I'm so glad that I could be on this show today. Thank you so much for picking up. And I'm so glad that you're spreading the word because, you know, people like me really need as much help as we can get because, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I haven't always been the best friend in the whole wide world and I'm trying to fix that, but I'm also still human, you know? So yeah. I just want to, I don't know, I want to do the right thing, but I also know that sometimes I don't. Well, I have personally learned that uh, asking comedians for dating advice is always the right decision. So mm. I've already been doing oh, that yeah. on the show. So I'm yes, glad we could help out the most listener. about dating because they do it the most. Is that did I say that right? <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. 
that's all I have to say to that. Is that. <laughs> no, they have an excellent <laughs> reputation. So I trust them implicitly. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for calling in, uh, Rhonda. And it's it's been good talking to you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more dating advice. Love you Keep it going. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we have some great callers on the show. I just always have to have to say we get some really really good characters that call into this show, and we just love them. Don't know how to describe that, but it felt like an out of body experience. <laughs> it felt like I was there and I was present, but that I wasn't there. Maybe maybe I felt guided. Maybe, no, I think your uh, your uh, your advice giving uh, chops just kind of like represented themselves as if nothing had ever happened like you just didn't miss a beat you were right there of years of training years of training (laughs) absolutely so i've probably seen you perform like maybe like a dozen times or so but i don't think we've ever had a like a really like you know personal conversation or anything so we're just kind of getting to know each other really right yeah, it's because I leave immediately after shows because I hate extended interactions with my fellow comedians. Do you folks in there? So I just leave. Is no, it an anxiety um, thing or what? What is that? Um, no, that that's mostly a joke. I just like um, <laughs> in the last. I, I um no nah, yeah I'm, I hang out with comedians too much at that point. Um, but it was just that I wasn't really. Um, I think I just had like other stuff going on, so I just wasn't able to hang out. Whether it be. I had an early shift at work or um, like I had another show to go to. Uh, But yeah, I don't think we've gotten the chance to have truly very many um, conversations. I also don't hang around the weed circle after shows. Oh, well, that's going to be a a deal. (laughs) You don't you don't smoke. I don't. It's this um, stupid pesky one lung I have. Oh my um, gosh. So I don't imbibe in um in weed. Um Wow. Yeah. So I we have to talk about that. You have a single lung? Um I didn't know yeah. that. That is wild. Yeah. I have one lung. Um I've had one lung literally as long as I can remember. My very first memory was waking up after a surgery. No way. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, I was like out of the ICU at that or the NICU at that point, and I was at home. But my very first memory is being in my bed and looking at the sun coming in my window. Is the very first memory I can recall. Wow, um, that's cool. and that was that's interesting. Yes, I have no memory of having two lungs. I just knew that my side was really itchy, um, my left side, because that's where the lung got was like out. So. Is it okay we ask what happened yeah. to the the missing lung? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, um, I got pneumonia um, when I was a child. My mother noticed I was not as active as three year olds should be. Okay. So I went to um, the hospital, and then they did an X ray of my lungs, and my left lung came up completely white. And they were like, "Well, that's not correct." So they had to soup it out of me. I was in the NICU for two weeks. And they didn't think I was going to make it. Um, but I did. Resilient, little precocious being I was. My grandmother came to, she took the bus every day to come see me. Uh, make wow. sure I was okay and somebody was there with me. And then I finally got to go home after two long weeks and being observed and recovered. And I got to lay in my lay in my bed and then wake up and see the sun in my eyes. And, and how, the old, first how old were you again? 
I was three years old. Three years three. old. Wow. That is wild. So you've just always had that that situation and that's that's been your whole life. Wow. Yeah. That's been my whole life. So that's like when when uh COVID came around the COVID corner and was like, Hey, I was like, well, this sucks. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, like, when I get sick, it's already, it's like, one thing I notice, um, like, when I take in deep breaths, I don't feel breath coming in the left side of my, like, my, like, lung, because there's no oh, lung there. Wow. So, That's like, I don't feel breath. So, like, if you take in a deep breath and you feel, like, your lungs expanding. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, which I never, like, I usually just tell people, like, um, like that. And then, actually, a girl that um, I was into at the time, put her hands on my chest and I took a deep breath, like, like right under my neck. Yeah. And then she was like, wow, I can see that. And I was like, wow, that's actually the hottest way anyone's ever checked yeah. um, to see if I really have one lung. So that that's was really sexy cool. and scientific. Exactly. Which can so, be hard to pull off, but it's possible. Yeah. Um, I met, I fucking, fucking got to experience that live and in color. So that was cool. <laughs> but I had, a uh, had, a. Uh, have one lung um my best friend who was in nursing school he's like there's no way you have one lung and then he used his little stethoscope he's like bitch you really have one lung i was like thank you i know yeah um, actually i was at a doctor um i went to a, um like a walk-in clinic because i had bronchitis and i needed antibiotics um and then the doctor was checking me out he's like wait a second wait a second this is gonna be so funny i'm gonna send the nurse in here to check your breath but don't tell her you have one lung <laughs> so like a little office little pranky crew so the nurse came in that's fantastic she she used it. her stethoscope and then she looked at me like she had the worst news for me and she didn't know how to tell me she was just like i'll be right back she was like thinking like probably that i have a collapsed lung or something at this point because she can't hear it so she gives me like the biggest eyes i've ever seen in my life and she's just like i'll be right back she was so scared and then she came back and laughing with the doctor and i'm like oh my god this is so funny can i please have my antibiotics so i can like feel my like myself again and go home die in my bed that's incredible oh, that was a time what was your family life like back then like how did you grow up what was your deal I did not do sports. I actually started piano shortly after my recovery. Oh, wow. So Are you a pianist like, still? I, I'm over a little rusty. I played from the ages. I, I took lessons from the ages to three to 18, and then I played a couple years after that. But I don't have a like piano in my home. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, my mom said, I like because my, my piano is at my mom's house, and she said I can't have the piano until I move into an actual house. I'm in apartments now. Um, yeah, but fucking keyboards are fine. Yeah, I am. Since I did play for so long, I'm a little uppity when it comes to keyboards. So I got it. Like if I don't have like a nice one with like decent pedals, then like I as close to a real piano as I can get without it being a real piano, I'm going to be a little bitch about it. You're going to so, let the, uh, the perfect be the enemy of the good. I, I am. I am pretentious in a few things, and one of them is toilet paper, <laughs> uh, and the other is vodka, and the other other one is pianos. All right. <laughs> That's funny that those are the three things. <laughs> those are my three things. I um, And everything else, treat me like a goblin. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I, I have to... When I do get a home, which 
being quarantined for the last year has made me tricked me into thinking I want to own a house now because I'm tired of being in my, my small apartment. Um, but when I do that, I will resume piano, but, um, so my kid, my parents were just like, well, she's not going to do sports. And my dad really wanted me to do sports. Like my dad, his Hmm. goal for me was to go to Ohio state, marry a football player. So he get free tickets to OSU games for the rest of his life. Okay. That's an interesting, uh, projection for your child, right? Yeah. It didn't work out. Didn't work (laughs) out. I didn't even go to college. So did he actually express that, that goal to you of his, like that, like what I want is for you to do. Bring you home a football player, get get tickets to every game. So, um, (laughs) yeah, dad, that didn't work out, but so besides that, like, I mean, there were times, like, if it was, like, really cold outside, like, my mom didn't want me to play outside, so she just told the teacher, like, don't make her play outside because she has one lung, and oh. I don't want her risking getting pneumonia um, again. <laughs> so Did you uh, feel like a like little, that. did you feel maybe a little othered because of the one lung thing as you were coming up? Sometimes. Um like sometimes I just wouldn't be able to keep up because I like just my lung capacity was just like half. Um, mm. I mean, my stepbrother who was like he was being shitty. He was like, like we were like doing tag, and he's like, if you had two lungs, maybe you could catch me. But only mm-hmm. one of us grew up to be a murderer, so you t- you know take that, you shithead. Wait, um, uh, oh yeah, my stepbrother murdered two people. Oh my gosh, this is. Uh... Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's kind of. This uh, is what happens when you have extended crazy. conversations with me, Mel. It's just you just. I'm get, a, <laughs> get I'm a hundred percent into it. I'm I'm used to absurd things on this sh- being said on this show as a joke, and but n- it's like, oh my gosh, that's a genuine like thing that you just said, and it's like I don't yeah. even know how to react. That's 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 a that's kind of a huge deal, and I appreciate you just dropping that bomb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I couldn't. I love up an awkward tag, situation. But, okay, <laughs> you know, I couldn't keep up in tag, but now I don't have to keep up in prison. You know, like that's just holy like my, shit. Yeah, he um he. It's funny because the thing is, he murdered someone, uh, but then he got like he only went because nobody wanted to speak up because it was a gang related crime and nobody wanted to snitch. So he was able to get out. And then my mom calls me one day and my mom and my stepdad are divorced. So it's not even technically my stepbrother anymore, but she calls me and then she says, oh, you know, he, he just, he just got arrested. I was like, what did he kill someone again? And she's like, yeah, how did you know? I was like, I don't know. Maybe if you let the murderer out, oh, man. he goes out and kills someone again. Um, oh my gosh. Wow. So yeah, now this one stuck. So he he's in he's in twenty five to life this time. So wow, that is uh, that is really traumatic. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so but um, the thing is, it didn't have anything to do with my one lung. So that was cool. <laughs> it was. I mean, I didn't like after our parents divorced. I didn't really talk to him because his stepfather's his father's an asshole. He was also an asshole. His Is little this a brother, half brother also. then to you? No, we are not related okay. by blood whatsoever. Stepbrother. I see, I see. So yeah, we like grew up together in the same house like part time. Yeah. But then our parents divorced for the better. Um and the but um of course like family still talk at that point and he he murdered two people. Jesus, so. wow. That is that so, is really heavy. Yeah. But it sounds like yeah. you've dealt with it and that you've 
done the, the, the work or there because you're you seem pretty in control of the the feelings yeah. involved i guess my mom was just like does, does it upset you to know that like um that we were living in the house with the murderer i was like well mom he was 16 at the time he hadn't murdered anybody at that point so yeah. i didn't feel real threatened when i fought for um the nintendo 64 controller you know mm-hmm I mean, in hindsight, probably could have cost me my life, but no, we're fine. <laughs> uh, it is a, it's just a situation that happened, and he was, he always made fun of me for the one lungs, and that that was just rude, <laughs> of and kind of ableist. Now that I look back at it, did it um, was it like we're like I you know a show of respect to you know like comics do this they make fun of each other and it's like I respect you so that we can joke about it or something or was it more like yeah hey, it wasn't you. like that it was more of a like nana nana boo boo I have two lungs and you don't you know so it was a little um, bit more antagonistic than it was loving j jiving. yeah okay. so not not like a old cool like hey hey sis jab it was more of a like you suck yeah um, because actually you're missing an internal organ <laughs> He's actually trying to hurt you, but yeah, a little bit. So, um, I, and also, the, this is what a kid um, I used to hang out with at the library said. Uh, since you only have one lung, does that mean you can only give half the blowjob? Which <laughs> is makes no sense. Um, no, no, that's a reach. Yeah. So, um, is it um, is it the the roots of a good bit? Sure, but I have critiques. You know, there's some feedback to be given there, but, um, but given at this point, you know, he probably hadn't had a blowjob, and yeah. um, the way he acted probably still hasn't had a blowjob <laughs> in the last ten years. So, so that's just that. Were you, uh, were you the funny one? Did you uh, use humor to deal with this longest shit? Like, is yeah, that I was. I was probably uh, seen as the, I was probably the funny one. I, I guess I still am the funny one. I yeah. am the comedian. It doesn't but, have um, to yeah. work that way, but it seems like it does a lot of times with comics, right? Yeah. Um, I did. I did make some, I did do some make em ups and some jokes to jokesters. Um, I did accidentally bully a kid in high school. Did you say um, accidentally? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like in hindsight, I'm like, well, Bianca, that was kind of shitty. And then, <laughs> um, because, like, it was something where I had said every time he speaks, a cat dies. Um, and then <laughs> what, what had started to happen is that anytime he spoke in class, kids would go, meow, meow. Oh, meow. no, you started a viral beam. <laughs> I started. I started, it was so bad. The teachers had to address it. It was really bad. Wow. Um, so you're a trendsetter from way back. You know how to, you know I, how to start I a, a trend. I was the worst trendsetter. Uh, that was probably the 2010 version of the girl who goes, went out and like started licking tops of ice cream and putting them back. I was like, just awful person. <laughs> um, but you know, we stand growth. We love growth. Um, and uh, hopefully he's recovered from that. Sorry, sorry, champ. That was, that was <laughs> champ. nice of me. Um, yeah, you know, I I think back sometimes about high school and my, you know, where I was in my personal journey or whatever the fuck you want to call it. 
and mm-hmm. I can I can recognize that I was like I was bullied a lot, and I've talked about this on the show. I was bullied a lot, but I also kind of like learned that that's how you do it or whatever. That's the system, you know. And I mm-hmm. I I definitely like see the ways that I bullied people to make mm-hmm. myself feel better, even though I was the victim of like pretty, what I, I, what I think is fair to say in my, without going into it is pretty, pretty severe bullying myself, you know? Yeah. But I, I guess it is true what they say, you know, hurting people hurt people, but it sounds like yeah. in your case, in that situation, it may be not. I mean, I was bad. definitely subjected to some bullying. Um, I, but I definitely did when I was in my first year of high school, I was subjected to um, like some bullying there. And like a lot of middle school is really bullied in middle school. Mostly because I was always the bigger kid. Thank God I didn't have my mother's maiden name and that I took my father's name because my mother's maiden name is Chubb. Are you kidding me? And being a fat kid with the last name Chubb would have done me in. I don't think I would have made it. Uh, but I also have the fat kid insecurities that that I'm, I'm sure that we could uh, um, share some some feelings there because I was always mm-hmm. bigger than everybody. I'm also like six four, but I've also been like you know just always a giant. So yeah, that, it's uh, it was a it was a time. I it lessened in uh, high school though. Um, except my first year of high school, I went to a high school I didn't want to go to. None of my friends went to. And then I got called uh, gay slurs a lot because I had braids and I looked gay. And I was like, hey, I don't figure that out until my sophomore year. Thank you. So sophomore how about college you just or sophomore high school? Sophomore high school. I uh, oh, came okay, out. Okay, okay. Um, and sophomore, so you, were, in high, you uh, were queer in high school, open and queer? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to an art school in sophomore year to senior year, so that oh, was a lot easier. Okay. There yeah. were a lot more gays hanging around. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, people in the LGBTQ community do that in college. You know, it takes it take. You know, there's a lot of a lot more. At least when I I graduated in 2000, so maybe things are changing. You're a lot younger than me, I think. Yeah, I, I graduated in 2011. Yeah, um, so from that, high school. Yeah, so. my experience won't mileage may vary as they say i and also i didn't i didn't go to college so i was like maybe i need to speed up this curriculum <laughs> now so i um yeah so i came out sophomore year of high school i first came out to my cousin um on yahoo messenger after i had gotten drunk on my mother's great goose um i still can't drink <laughs> great goose to this day <laughs> nice um, <laughs> so that was that was oh yeah that was like 12 years ago and i still can't drink great goose it tastes like lighter fluid to me um but uh, that was the first person i came out to was my cousin um and um and then i came out to my friends and my friends were like oh my god bianca like if i if i were gay like i totally date you and i'm like that's cool i wouldn't date you though be easy though that's nice <laughs> yeah and then like some of the girls were like like the girls who like be mean to me, like they're like, oh my god, like, like don't stare at me, like, like what if you like don't look at me, like because you're you're bi or whatever. And I was like, I would not want you to go down on me anyway because you have that little snapple tooth situation going on. But yeah, um, there's a weird you could, uh, you, fear there. You sort right? that out. The, huh? That's like homophobia presents itself as this like un 
realistic idea that they'll want to have sex with me. Yeah. Does, right. Like, 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 oh, primo gonna... narcissism at the end of the yeah, day. <laughs> but it is a thing, right? That that seems to be a way that homophobia presents itself. Yeah. Is like they're going to want to fuck me and, and I don't want to fuck them and I want them to know that. What? Why is that a part of the conversation? Let's be clear. I don't want to fuck you at all. <laughs> right. So, I I would not want to participate in that behavior. Yeah. But um, you have uh, you have uh, very thusly insulted me. Yeah. Um, I did. It's funny. A girl um that used to bully me before I even came out um in middle school. Um, and she would call me like a little lesbian or whatever. Uh, she she came out as a lesbian like four years ago, and I was like, "That's another situation that hurt people, hurt people." Yeah, so, yeah, that's some American Beauty story there, right? Mm, so, yeah, you know, it, I mean, it happens, and it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I mean, when I was like super religious, like I had no idea why I was believing or having these feelings towards the homosexual community right but when i finally mm -hmm. like broke the bubble and like started actually meeting uh gay people for the first time and this probably would have been if i'm being honest around 2012 when i mm -hmm. started actually making some gay friends <laughs> um i was just so flabbergasted to find out that they weren't always depressed because what i had been taught is that they were living in sin and so that's why they were always depressed. And as a Christian, the only uh, gay people that you have interaction with are other Christian uh, people that struggle, quote unquote, with with homosexuality. So they, of course, they were yeah. depressed. You know, so mm. it was really eye opening for me, babe in the woods, like going out and like experiencing the world for the first time at fucking thirty two or whatever, that gay people actually lived happy and fulfilling lives. Shocker. Yeah. Um, I um I was awkward. very involved into like the Christian like I was involved in a youth group, yeah. um, uh for like through middle school, um, and then I that's when I was like started like middle school through like the early high school where I was like maybe I'm starting to have feelings, and then I like I kind of like like so a friend of mine um like kind of asked for advice there and they were just like it's a sin and I was like well. I guess I gotta get my little gay ass out of here because <laughs> I guess uh, that's not gonna work out. And then, like, also in hindsight, like looking back at that group, there were so many situations that I was in that I was uncomfortable. Situation as I was at church camp, and they were literally comparing Obama to the devil. Yo. So that's one. Yeah. Um, there was a youth pastor that was really inappropriate with me. There's another youth pastor that groomed a girl that's probably started in the youth group when she was 16, and then he ended up marrying her when she was like 19. Oh God. Oh, that's so, that's so gross. So that's, it's just like, that's really like, yeah. I'd rather, like, I'd rather just go over here and go to my drag shows and live in sin and drink better alcohol. And like, yeah. it's, it's just so funny looking back at it. What um, is it about the difference between, and, and we just have so many differences, um, you know, uh, between us, obviously. But, like, what is it where you were able to see that kind of bullshit? I agree with you now that it was bullshit. But I went the other route, and I dove in, right? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, the first thing that seems clear to me is that I wasn't queer. 
so I fit into their paradigm, right? Yeah, I I was just kind of like, and it was like a, it was like a thing that I had to like consider, um, because I was like, I could like become this God fearing Christian woman and find mm-hmm. me a lovely man, and we could have a white picket fence and two point yeah. five kids. And there are queer the people that do that, right? Yeah, and then. But I was like, but that's not me. Like, I I started having feelings for uh, one of my friends. And I was just like, who's also in the youth group and also dating one of my cousins. Mm-hmm. The cousin I came out to. <laughs> um, so I was, um, all right, because I Starting ended up to sound a little there. like Rhonda here. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I just uh, <laughs> shitting where I eat. Um, and that would have been, that would have been fun. Uh, but yeah, I... I was just like, I, I'm not, I am, I'm not straight. And then after even the stuff that contradicts the other stuff of the Bible, I was like, I'm not Christian. And like, you keep telling me this is the right way, but this doesn't feel right. And I think I have to separate myself from yeah. this. And there are queer people that are absolutely Christian and they have religion um, and they feel comfort in that. Yeah. Um, I am not. Um, yeah. I ha- I have been in a queer church. It's amazing. Still not for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, but it is good to know that there are communities out there for folks who still want to maintain a connection to their religion. Yeah. Um, but that's not me. The spiritualism can still work. Uh, yeah. And 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 I think that there's. Uh, it's all about interpretation, obviously. So, so you can, mm-hmm. you can interpret like every denomination of Christianity has a different idea about what the Bible actually fucking says. Right. Yeah. And, and I've seen it work for people. I personally have such a grudge with religion and I think it's such a net negative on humanity that I, yeah. I feel like we need to do better for humanity yeah. than propagate untrue ideas. Um, that's my personal axe to grind, but I've been getting balls deep into this YouTube series called Fundy Fridays, where this woman who's agnostic, she unpacks different areas of like Christian fundamentalism and like different people. So like Jerry Farwell Sr. and Jr., um, like the Westboro Baptist Church, yeah. um, the the Plath family, the Duggars, like all of that. Like, so it's been really interesting to look at them. Didn't know Jerry Farwell Jr. was a literal cuckold. Yeah, but that's what I found out. No, that's true. That's mm-hmm. and that's yeah. That's really that's really interesting, and it's also pretty goddamn annoying given the judgment and uh, policies that he backs. Mm-hmm. But that is always the goddamn case, isn't it? Yeah, it's always it's just like you like marriage is between one man and one woman and you like this yeah. sin and da, 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 da. but also I like to see my wife get fucking plowed. So yeah. like, which is fine. If you want to do that in it your personal time, that is between yeah. you, your wife, and your God. But if you get no, up there and you it's preach, between you, your wife, and your gardener. Ex- exactly. <laughs> or I think he was a pool boy. But Whatever. He, Whatever person you employ that you want to watch your wife get absolutely destroyed by, that is your business. But if you get up there and you preach all this fucking bullshit, knowing that you're not following it, like, yeah, 
it is it's hilarious falwell is a particularly evil motherfucker to be honest there's a podcast that i listen to from time to time called behind the bastards and Mm -hmm. uh they have a little series on falwell and basically from what i learned there and we could you know don't take my word for it do your own research but uh basically what they present is that falwell essentially engineered the fundamentalist platform against abortion the Mm -hmm. only people before falwell that were anti-abortion were catholics and catholics were also looked down upon by most of america still at that time Mm -hmm. so they weren't there was not a strong religious movement against abortion before falwell and then he brought it to the fundamentalists and this would have been in the 70s he was also like anti-segregation, like like uh, for a yeah. very long time. Oh boy! Um, yeah. And he also like basically is the reason why like the conservative Christian right exists. Um, and it's just like it's so much power. It's so much power. And then like charisma. If you take charisma and religion and you put it in a person, it is like the most dangerous thing inside <laughs> of the Mississippi. Yeah. Like it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's because. Like, look at, like, Jim Jones. Like, Mm -hmm. people liked hearing him talk. And then these people uprooted their lives, were willing to die for this man uh, Mm -hmm. because he was God-fearing and and, and fucking charismatic. Like, a good speaker can be your downfall. And, like, with especially if you throw something as monumental as religion behind it. And now it's like this there's a greater power speaking through this person and it was just like even saying that like even in my tiny youth group where my youth pastor ended up grooming somebody i studied with in the youth group Mm -hmm. and it's just like you don't even see it as bad but if you like when you're in it and you're like oh like they're getting married how beautiful but you step away from it and you're like holy shit yeah that God damn. That 30-year-old man is about to marry a literal 19-year-old yeah. that he's known and taught since she was 16. Yeah. Super gross. Yeah. And now they live in Puerto Rico and have, like, four kids. They're great. Like, you know, like, um, but, I mean, like, they're great in that sense, but I'm just like, mm, okay, groomer. Like, I'm yeah. just like. No, there's so many problems with the way that religion teaches people to see the world. You know, the way that we interpret the world is uh, through this particular lens that allows for a lot of manipulation and a lot of bullshit. Right. Um, and, and that is the main reason, like, I feel like we would be better off without religion. And I, I do get that people, especially like, like, let's say, like, people that have addiction issues, right? A lot of people that have problems with substance abuse are able to use religion in a way that gets them from that bad situation right Mm -hmm. so you have to acknowledge that their life has been bettered because of religion and i can do that and i can say that but i can also say there's another way that also doesn't make them want to hate a lgbtq people you know what i mean there's a better way that is better for all of humanity we can choose the best way uh but it is a challenge it's just like it's a lot of disparaging somebody else to make you feel stronger and your faith. And it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to 
do that to uplift yourself or be reaffirmed and your be reaffirmed in your religion through that but yeah. that's what some people do and that's definitely what i felt and i was as i was also discovering things about myself where i was just thinking about like what would my good god-fearing christian life look like and it was like but in the back of my mind I was like but what if you tried some pussy so like <laughs> that wasn't cohesive of with all yeah. the message they were giving me it was not giving what it was supposed to give so i decided that i would separate myself from that situation but you know i did meet some cool people in that uh youth group that some i'm still at least facebook friends with i don't know if you're familiar with the band fatty coo from like forever ago no i'm not they had like a show on mtv and everything it was crazy wow there was a girl in the youth group who i became friends with who used to be in that band she still does music here in columbus she's awesome yeah it was it was a time it was a it was a time but uh, yeah for sure i'm definitely more happy to be out in the closet than i would have been probably with my husband with 2.5 kids behind a white picket fence <laughs> probably would have ended yeah. up you know um probably maybe fucking the pool boy i don't know <laughs> if you were lucky if i was lucky if like if i want to be like jerry falwell jr and his wife <laughs> well we need to take a quick break and uh listen to uh our good friend joel good food for thoughts nice <laughs> This is Joel Good with Food for Thoughts. I'm here to crack an egg of knowledge on the frying pan of your mind. Cook it for about a couple minutes, medium, medium well. Lay them on top of the English muffin of everything you've known before. Top it with ham or some sort of thinly sliced meat and drizzle it with the hollandaise sauce of truth. Creating the Biscuit Benedict Revelation. Because much like Benedict Arnold, it will betray everything you thought you knew. Like when each day I just realized God was dead, Bruce Willis, when he realized he was a ghost, it will change your life forever. Nation, do you like sandwiches? Of course you do. It's a proud American tradition to put some foodstuffs between bread and eat it with your hands. It's a beautiful thing. Do you like sub sandwiches? Of course. It's just a longer version of a sandwich, which obviously makes it better. But do you know the origins of the sub sandwich? No, you don't, because you're ignorant. But don't worry, I'm here to fill you in, even if it comes as a shock, which it likely will. But most eye-opening experiences do. You see, most people think the name submarine sandwiches come from the submarine, because of course it resembles the underwater vessel. This is a common misunderstanding. The truth is that a sub-sandwich is referred to as such because it's the erotic antithesis of the Dom sandwich. That's right. The Dom sandwich ain't no bitch. In fact, it makes you the bitch, and you like it. While sub sandwich is passively eaten without fuss, Dom sandwich will make you know what you're dealing with. For instance, the Dom ham on rye doesn't let you just taste the Swiss cheese. It makes you fucking choke on it and calls you a bitch. I know what you're thinking. Does the sandwich talk? And no, it doesn't, you dipshit. You feel it in your soul when you bite. And it may not seem like a pleasant experience just talking about it, but trust me, the first time you get your ass slapped by a bologna sandwich, you're going to love it and get you a big, beefy Italian dom to drip dressing on your chest like hot wax. Or maybe a spicy buffalo dom to cattle prod you with flavor. You could even get a nice Reuben dom who seems gentle at first, but trust me, there's nothing Gentile about it. 
and you'll know at the moment it spits sauerkraut and Thousand Island dressing right into your mouth. You can get a meatball dom to slap them things in your face. A tuna melt. Be careful, it smells like fish. Maybe you want a BLT dom, where the BLT stands for bitch lick taint. Or maybe you're real kinky and you want to go at the whole club sandwich. Sounds like a good time to me. It's all fun and games, but be careful. Always use napkins and set a safe word that isn't related to sandwiches. Trust me, I've made that mistake before. Dom sandwiches are an eye-opening and often other orifice-opening experience, and a magical one. So give it a shot. Believe you me, you'll never look at a deli aisle the same way again. Yeah, Joel Good. Joel Good on Food for Thoughts. I'm floored. I'm truly floored. Do you have any strong opinions on food and cuisine? My strong opinion as of, as of right now is that um, shrimp doesn't believe in gay rights. And shrimp doesn't believe in gay rights because I'm allergic to it. And therefore, I'm inconvenienced <laughs> by it. I was like, where is she going with this? <laughs> so I, I developed this uh, shellfish allergy like five years ago, which is really just like not fair because I love shellfish. And what I thought was just like a bad batch of lobster bisque from Piata turned out to be a shellfish allergy. <laughs> but you'd never had any issues before that. It just popped no. up one, one day and it's like. Yeah, I, I remember eating this lobster bisque and I was hanging out with a girl I used to, to talk to. And uh, she was like, if you're itchy, maybe you have an allergy. And I'm like, no, it's just Piata. And then I remember I had fresh lump crab soup my job at the time and then i broke out in hives and i was like maybe it's bed bugs you know maybe i just have bed bugs you would rather believe that you had bed bugs than you couldn't eat shellfish <laughs> yeah um and then i was like that's pretty much yeah i i, I had um had a shellfish allergy and then i like couldn't enjoy lobster anymore couldn't enjoy shrimp i went to new orleans and i couldn't eat Oh, no. Man, yeah, you had to get the non-shrimp po' boy, and then they all judged you for it? I got the alligator po' boy. Oh, so that's no shell on an alligator. You're good to go. No shell on an alligator. And it feels strong to, like, makes you feel strong to eat an apex predator. (laughs) I guess there's the benefit of that. You know, like, on have you played Red Dead? Because, like, alligators are the easiest fucking animal to hunt in that game. <laughs> really? I have not played Red Dead. It's on my list. <laughs> but you are a gamer. You got a Twitch account, right? I do. I am. Um, I'm a gamer girl. So random. <laughs> I've been playing video games pretty much my whole life. But then I started monetizing it last year um, because... Uh, this whole like pepperoni happened outside where we can't go outside and like breathe and on people. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I was like, you know what, this money that I was going to spend at Bonnaroo and just get absolutely shit faced and listen to music for four days, I'm going to use to, uh, build a PC. And by build a PC, I mean, I bought the parts and begged my friend to put it together for me. So I would not have to build a PC. (laughs) So I got my PC built and then I started streaming in July last year. Bianca probably on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Say that one more time for the people in the back. Bianca probably. B-I-A-N-C-A-P-R-O-B-A-B-L. 
why bianca probably and bianca probably everywhere um if anything i'm consistent so i'm like bianca probably on uh, twitch and instagram and twitter and everything but i started streaming last july i am a twitch affiliate so that's oh cool. that's nice yeah yeah and i um, so you're actually getting the you're actually getting a little percentage now of the uh yeah of the action yeah, I am. I am fortunate to have an awesome community that's super supportive. So that's really fun. I've met amazing people on Twitch. That's tight. As soon as I get my second cootie shot, I'm going to be planning a trip to go out to San Fran to meet up with some of them. So Nice, nice. That's really yeah. cool. You know, it's so I'm, you know, I'm an old man. I'm 40. Well, I'm almost 40. In any case, like the social media thing is just Man, it's it's intimidating to me. I feel like I'm on Facebook, and I guess that's like now where forty year olds hang out. But TikTok <laughs> seems to be the thing. And uh, Christine was talking about this, and we've had Alexis Nelson on the show. He's a TikTok celebrity at this point, big creator on. Yeah, there. she verified, and um, Christine's blowing up too. Yeah, Christine said she had like twenty five thousand uh, people on TikTok or whatever followers or whatever mm -hmm. however that works but like this yeah. is the way of the world now and and it seems like as creators as comedians uh that basically you, you kind of need to get on there don't you yeah i mean jason banks has like two million three million followers on is TikTok that now. right yeah it's been really cool to see people thrive on there i have a like i'm not consistent with it so i'll go like long long periods of time without posting but i do have a cute six thousand followers on there yeah yeah so very modest what i've done recently is i've taught i used to work at a um sex shop is that the garden oh i did not work at the garden like oh, okay. every every columbus comedian <laughs> at this point um, yeah, i was gonna say no shade to the, the garden show, so love the garden heart the garden yeah. um, so much I wish I worked at the garden. Um, I worked at another <laughs> shop I managed, which is another chain in town. Which well, is we won't promote them. Oh, we, we won't. won't. You can edit that out. I don't care. Like you can just put a long, disgusting bleep over it. But I used to work there, but I did learn a lot of things there. So I've been sharing that on TikTok. Nice, nice. I do, I do love the, uh, I do love the garden and what they do. And in the community they they have is pretty fucking beautiful. There's nothing that makes you feel like a small time celebrity when you walk into a sex shop and everybody's like Bianca. Um, it's like go to a place where everyone knows your name. It's where everyone knows your dildo preferences. There's something about that level of openness and security and sexuality that I really fucking admire. Yeah. The the idea that like, hey, you don't have to be ashamed of getting off and feeling good and, you know, using your body in a way that, that makes you feel good, you know? Yeah. Um, which is, I've always been promoted, like even like when I first started comedy, like when my bios, I would put like, body positive, sex positive, pizza positive, which I actually think is in my TikTok bio now that I think about it. Nice. If you're not like fucking open and honest with yourself about like what you like, then it's just, it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, I was talking to this guy who's overcoming like a lot of past sexual, trying to like get a hold and like really find out what he's into. And a lot of like the stuff he had mentioned to his like previous partner was kind of shamed away, which uh, yeah. is just, like not not healthy. 
And I'm just like, this doesn't matter. Like, if, even if you're into something I'm not into, like, like that can be a conversation. Like you, you like what you like. I like what I like. Let's see mm-hmm. if what we like melds with each other. And then like, we like put our parts on each other, you know? And even <laughs> if it's like a journey of self-discovery, I, I have helped so many people find their first sex toy and being a part of that journey <laughs> is exciting to just help people be on that path. Yeah, for sure. And overcoming that, that fear of that, like opens up a whole new world too of, you know, acceptability and, and like getting over that shame is just such a good thing for humans. Isn't it? Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And it is a lot of shame. It is like, Oh, I'm not allowed to like this. I'm like, oh, and like, if you'll I'll like, of course, like Pornhub releases like their most searched categories in each state every year, and you'll notice like it the more um, conservative states is when they have like some of the wildest shit. So that's yeah, that is a that's a that's an interesting thing. Conservatives don't actually uh, deal with their shit as much as they they like to present, do they? yeah uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh it's always fascinating i think what was ohio last year i think ohio was lesbians i forgot i have no idea i'm gonna have to like now i want to look it up i feel like ohio was lesbians if it's any if it's any indication by what i see on on Pornhub's uh front page it's got to be stepchildren i ooh, that's a that's a good point they do throw that one up uh, each one. I know one one place was Fortnite. <laughs> which, really? Fortnite yeah, one is place the porn was Fortnite. search. <laughs> um, it is. It's, it's which I I can say I've never looked up Fortnite. Um, but that's for somebody. I mean, I also don't play Fortnite, so. <laughs> Maybe if I played Fortnite, I would want to play with myself watching Fortnite, but I just, I don't have that feeling in me. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) So what was, uh, what's your uh, comedic influences when you're like leading into your comedy uh, career? Yeah, I started hmm, six years ago now. God, that's crazy. Yeah, about six years ago now. When I first started, um, like I used to go to sleep watching comedy specials. Like I, I fucking like ate, slept, and breathed like comedy specials. I, so like one of my biggest influences growing up was Dave Chappelle. Like Killing Him Softly is still one of the best comedy specials of all time, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, I also really love Sandra Valls, who um, is one of the. Um, Latin queens of comedy, and I got to open for her at a festival a couple oh, wow. years ago. Okay. So that was really sweet. She's amazing. It was great and powerful to see like a a woman of color who was also queer just being hilarious. <laughs> um, and um, a Monique is another one who like just varied like no matter her size and like she was like I'm gonna be loud. I'm gonna be um, own my sexuality and I'm gonna be fucking fucking hilarious and she yeah. was chris rock is another one i i think chris rock is probably my favorite comedian of all time hmm. i think i think that's fair to for me to say oh yeah i would consider that to be the truth like i i just love chris rock so much because i feel like with the times he is like always like adapted his comedy and always like grown yeah. between his specials and just really lovely like i really love tambourine Aisha Tyler is another one. Um, and 
at the time, you know, before everything, I was a big fan of a Louis C.K. and I did take a lot of inspiration from him. But you know, oh really? Not my favorite guy anymore. Um, but yeah. you know, I'm not gonna be a kind of person that is uh, gonna defend him because I liked him. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, that's like a an awkward situation that a lot of people find themselves in this day and age of 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 acknowledging and holding people accountable for their bullshit is we have yeah. to say, hey, uh, yeah, I did like uh, these aspects of this person and now I'm not going to support them because that's some yeah. bullshit. I did take a lot of like, because I do have self-deprecating humor, which is, of course, something he was great at. I can acknowledge that his joke, like he had jokes that made me laugh and they meant something to me, but I also can choose not to know to no longer support that material. Um, I think yeah. I, I think I stole this from Nikki Winkleman. I'm pretty sure I did. Well, good for giving credit. Yeah, I, I, I try to give credit where it's due, uh, but like I am comfortable supporting someone that um, has been controversial, problematic or just awful after they die. Um, so <laughs> I I'm pretty sure I stole that from Nikki. So um, our Kelly, as soon as. Soon as he croaks, I'm gonna put on. I believe I can fly. Um, but, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, no problem supporting uh, when they no longer can uh, reap the benefits. Yeah, uh, yeah. When they're no longer a, a menace to society. Yeah, I got into like a small argument with my family over R. Kelly, so that was fun. Oh, really? Yeah, it was very tiny. It was like. Um, we were getting drunk while at planning my aunt's funeral because that's how my family copes. Um, and then they would Fair put enough. on music and they put on R. Kelly. And I was like, I screamed at the top of my lungs. It's like, why are we putting money on R. Kelly's books? And then they like did it twice. And I was just like, turn, like, I was just like, turn this bullshit off. And then uh, one of my cousins was like, I think Bianca wants us to change the song. I was like, yeah, Bianca wants you to change the fucking song. <laughs> you think? So, <laughs> she said it pretty um, clearly. I felt like I was very clear. Um, <laughs> I didn't leave room for interpretation. Yeah, I tried. I didn't want to. Like, this isn't a riddle, bitch. Like, just turn <laughs> the shit off. But yeah, definitely um, more comfortable supporting artists. Like, when after after they die, and I heard that from Nikki once, and then I was like, that makes a lot of fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. We'll circle back to those artists. Yeah, or at least um, uh, think like about it then. Yeah. <laughs> We're thinking a lot more about our consumption these days, aren't we? Which I feel like is a really good, positive movement. Yeah, I think so. I, I really do. Um, I think, account like, I'm not one for cancel culture. I'm more for, like, accountability. Yeah. So I feel like if it is a situation that I feel like is redeemable, they do the work to recover from it and acknowledge that they have grown from that i'm like okay cool but also i recognize that the, a there'll be situations that are not for me to forgive because they don't pertain to my me yeah exactly. um, and then also that some situations just aren't truly redeemable like even even with the more powerful influencers like i i have a tendency to get deep into youtube drama and like 
commentary because I don't know. It's just, I don't know. That's what my quarantine has been. It's just watching <laughs> long form videos on people that make more money than me because they're better at the internet than I am. Mm -hmm. So like uh, recently would be like Shane Dawson getting taken down. Even right now, David Dobrik is actively um, being exposed for participating or condoning unsavory behavior. And it's just like, these are things that I feel like in like a, a social media, because we were talking about like that in that social media space, like when you, that is the space you own, like it goes differently sometimes than celebrities or like celebrities yeah. in tr more traditional rights, like movies or music. Yeah. And because I don't know, I think with your like a vlogger, I feel like you, people connect with you a bit more like they're you're more exposed to them you can like you talk to them a bit more easily so that you want to be like oh like if this was like like he's like my friend like i talk to him all the time i watch his vlogs all the time so like obviously i know he's a good person even though he edits it it makes it look like he's a good person <laughs> so i don't i can't but so i want to believe him and like there's also they get followed by so many fucking kids <laughs> that like it, so it feels like some is a thing yeah yeah uh, which you know that's where the fucking money is oh like, yeah. there are children youtubers that are making millions yeah because which that's is their audience which you know i'm not hating on that like you do do what you do get your check mm -hmm. um, but like it's just i don't know i feel like sometimes with influencers it's harder to hold them accountable because they have such a they have a closer sphere to their audience, mm -hmm. but they're still getting this like money. So like they also can hire publicists to like clean this shit up. Yeah. I feel like we're all influencers to an extent, right? Like there's just some people that have way more uh, or far more ability to influence, you know? Yeah. I think it even harkens back to what we're talking about with like charisma in religion, but this is, charisma and a tiktok following or instagram yeah. following or youtube following well, right. where your audience like if they are loyal they will fiercely defend you well yeah it's called a cult of personality right yeah yeah and it, sometimes it will take a lot for them to like switch sides on you yeah just with like the case of like shane dawson who has been super prevalent in youtube for over a decade there there are some people that looked at the situation and was like you know what this is disgusting and i no longer want to be a part of it but mm -hmm. there are some people that like but but he's a really nice guy did you not see this vlog i've been following him for so long and like yeah. you know uh, there's to a point where i can't defend those actions and like where people can't defend or support those actions, but there absolutely will be people that are still diehard fans. Well, there, I feel like there's this thing in tribalism where this, this is my community, you know, these are my people and we have to back each other up or something. Right. So if you've, you know, come to love this uh, particular personality, then that is something you have to like, they're in our tribe. There are people we have to defend them or something. Right. Sometimes you like, I feel like I've, I'm fortunate. I am fortunate enough to, at least I try to be like, be cognizant of the fact that like, no, like this is the, this, this is a person that did a bad thing. We have to hold them accountable. Yeah. And 
not holding them accountable is a detriment to not only you, not only to them, but not only to the people they may have hurt or offended, but to the entire community. Um, Like even, even with like fellow comedians that go through like things that come out about them, I feel like we should be holding them accountable. And what we don't, it hurts our community. I think what it does is it, ignores the problem right so there this problem was exposed and if we pretend like that didn't happen then that says that that's what you can get away with that's what right. well, that's what we're gonna allow yeah and it makes it it makes it like feel like not safe like a, like it yeah. just doesn't feel like it it doesn't make the community safe it doesn't make the community honest you look like fucking stepford wives like trying to like ignore the issues at hand and i feel like at the end of the day that's just going to be hurtful for everyone this is a really important discussion and i and i'm probably not uh the best person to have it but i feel like this (laughs) is a conversation that everybody should be having is Mm -hmm. there's got to be a balance between bringing people into the right circle you know, mm-hmm. so calling people in basically versus mm-hmm. like calling people out. I feel like both are necessary and, yeah. and, and, and maybe simultaneous. You know what I mean? We can both call someone out and call them in at the same time if we're doing it right in a lot of cases. Yeah. But sometimes we straight up need to eject motherfuckers out of the fucking circle. And that needs yeah. to be a boundary that is not fucked around with. Yeah, even with something that I've learned with Twitch, um, because on Twitch, what you can do after you end your stream is that you can raid another channel and then Mm -hmm. you bring everybody that's in your chat and you bring it to their chat. And then um, what you're doing with your when you're raiding someone like this is someone that I support. This is someone who like I I may have similar values to. This is someone that I like the, what people usually say when you rate them, like, thank you for trusting me with your community because you mm-hmm. are exposing your community to a new entity and that you are the one to choose to rate this person. So now you are responsible, like in a way mm, of wow. like how their experience goes there of like this, cause this is someone I trusted you to, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. And that is, actually kind of enlightening um so basically you're like just saying yeah i trust i trust these people to give you good uh ideas and and Mm -hmm. to have i trust them i trust them that you'll have a good time here that you feel welcomed here that this is a person that is worth paying attention to because of this thing or that thing or whatever so I think it's super important. Like if I read someone and then they start like throwing out racial slurs, I feel like that's a reflection on me. Uh, or if even someone in my community goes there and starts saying things that are untoward, I feel like that's a reflection on me. So yeah. um, it's something to consider um, when you are in that community. And if you do have someone that you are tolerating their BS yeah. for one reason or the other, and yeah. then you bring them somewhere else. Like I, I always think it of this is how I think of it because this is something I said on numerous occasions is don't date someone that embarrasses you. <laughs> so if you're going out somewhere and you can't picture like your like if it, you know like oh 
my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my partner, my wife, my husband, they're going, it's going to be a problem. And it's going to, there's going to be behavior I apologize for. I've been in a position where I've had to apologize for a partner's behavior. I've also witnessed people apologize for their partners. And it's just like, then why did you bring them here? Why are they here? Um, So I think of it like that. Like, would I be embarrassed (sighs) if if I took this person somewhere else? Yeah. And this is also something I consider when I date now, honestly, is Mm -hmm. like, do when I bring this person around my friends, am I going to be apologizing for their behavior? And like them doing something silly, that's fine. Don't care. Them being straight up offensive, not I that's where like I'm like, is this something if like this something I would tolerate if this was said to one of my friends? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That that reminds me of the motivational speaker page I was telling you about earlier. One of the mm-hmm. one of the the memes that was shared on there was that sometimes creating a boundary makes people feel uncomfortable, and you need to be okay with that because it's it's mm-hmm. it's normal for people that have crossed a boundary to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is that's important, right? Like to to be to be okay with with saying nope. That's this is my boundary. That's it. And just being okay with calling it out. Yeah. And some, like you said, like some people are uncomfortable with that. And And that's a perfectly (laughs) acceptable reaction for them. And you don't have to fucking deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay, deuces, this isn't going to work out. Yeah. So you're, 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 you can just go ahead and be uncomfortable over there. Do Mm -hmm. do you. (laughs) It's, it's freaking fantastic man we have had a really deep conversation i fucking love it yeah it has been a blast yeah thank you so much bianca for coming on lampshade media presents sasquatches need love too it has been fucking fantastic just remember when i was like maybe we should circle back to the name like when Ooh. i was like earlier and we had the little chat and okay. I, I was like oh my god i love the world circle back and we said i would circle back to my thoughts and opinions of the name i'm just i seem to remember out. putting a pin in something yeah put a pin in it um we'll regroup this is the regroup portion oh boy so here we go what if we did a just did a dabble with the name just like just like <sighs> spruced it up a little bit all right i was uh all right, let me just kind of just prepare my mind for, you know, being open to correction. This is a job, you know, this is a deal. Like, yeah. Sometimes and I, I make that. bad choices, you know, and I need to be open to correction. Uh, I respect that. And I just, I have a, I have an option. Okay. You'll, you'll let me know. You hate it. I have another option because I'm full of options. Okay. Internal organs optional. Lampshade Media presents internal organs optional. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. Cause you know, like I miss, I'm missing a lung, right? I'm missing a lung. There's some folks missing gallbladders, missing, yeah. missing kidneys, missing livers. Yeah. So like, I feel like we don't speak up for those folks enough. I feel like that would be a good opportunity to do so. This is uh this is fucking perfect. This is uh definitely, definitely a thing that, uh, that I want to get behind. Yeah. Because I, uh, I do what I can. Obviously, one lung down. You're, you're, you're a fucking fantastic guest on this show. So uh, we need to make that a fucking statement. Yeah, yeah. See, I I do what I can, uh, and I, pr- I appreciate you being open to that feedback. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. 
you know what, man? Fuck this Sasquatch shit. Like, we need, uh, we need to move on. We need to move on. We need to move into the future with mm-hmm. boldness and confidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. not necessarily all the all the the uh, organic equipment that that oh, that everyone has doesn't. Exactly. We don't need it all. A lot of it's overkill. Right. Exactly. Beautiful. Thank Hell you. Yeah. I, I'm, I love I love this new journey you're on. It is a new journey, and I feel like uh, I've learned a lot about humanity from you. We like we had a fucking fantastic conversation. What have we learned today, kiddos? We learned. That um, if your stepbrother is a dick to you, he might grow up to be a murderer. That is a strong possibility. You're right. You have proven that. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's fair. Um, and also, if that does happen, that means you're the better sibling after all. <laughs> and you, you don't. I like. I don't. I don't have a degree. I don't have like a, a family. I don't have kids. But I'm not a murderer, and so that just lowered the bar for me so much. <laughs> Very appreciative. Jesus Christ. That's what, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we also learned that, uh, that comics are obviously always good dating coaches that you always want to oh, get abs- advice from uh, comics. About yeah, dating. absolutely. You should 100% <laughs> seek out comics for dating advice and it will work out for you 1000% of the time. Yeah. That's a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We talked about murderers. We talked about cuckolds. We talked about Twitch. Yeah. It's been a very educational episode. <laughs> do what I can. No, you're fucking great. And uh, we have a new fucking future for lampshade media here with internal organs optional. And we've learned a lot. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Mel. I appreciate it. Yeah. Everybody that's still listening and made it this far, things are going to start opening up. So keep your eyes peeled for Bianca Moore out there on the streets, on the comedy venues in Columbus. Yes. I can't wait to be in the same room with everyone again. It's going to happen. It's going to fucking happen. And when it happens, uh, I'll be doing house shows again. So Everybody I've had on is going to be a part of something at some point. I think I'm just going to do a big motherfucking event once it's once I'm able and have a shit ton of comics on and and do a big old deal. So you, you, you want to be in on it? Oh yeah, heck yeah! Like I said, I'll, I'll be um, fully vaccinated with Daddy Biden's microchip in just a couple short weeks. So I'll, I'll be open to doing in person shows again. Hell yeah! Hail the new world order! I, I, mm-hmm. I believe in it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Love you, Bianca. You're fucking fabulous. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, yeah, you too. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddywagon Food and The Garden.